Hey, I'm Will Lavise. He's Eric Laville. You're tuning into Lavise and Claville. We give it to you straight the way it is from a black male's perspective. We're going to get right to it. Now, this show, Driving While Black. Again. Again. Driving While Black is a phrase that many African Americans know all too well. Dangers of being pulled over by police officers to be searched, harassed, or even killed for a minor non-offense has been the norm in many cases. Now, video cameras are recording these events while they happen. And I think both of us are, can uh, attest to having personal you know, experiences with this. I know I have, I know I'm gonna talk about it. And oftentimes it's in these cases, we get there is the case where there's some, maybe there's some fault on the driver, maybe. Uh, and, and then there's cases where it's clearly some fault on the driver. But in a recent case that happened in Virginia, you got second lieutenant, U.S. Army, who is suing uh, Virginia police officers over a traffic stop uh, right. because he was not doing anything, got pulled over uh, because the cops made a failure and, and misjudgment. And so we got uh, Karan Nosario who is a Afro-Latino, which is an element of this here, uh, was mm-hmm. dressed in uniform and his hands held in the air outside the driver's side window as the officers told him uh, to, in a sense, uh, you should be afraid. After he told them, I'm honestly afraid to get out. They said to him, you should be afraid. Now, again, we've had right cases where, where maybe there's some fault that the driver and, you know, there's some question, you know, I don't want to start pulling out names and cases because of, you know, family members that have been right. and loved ones are still dealing with this and the pain is real, is, is real. But here we have a case where everybody saw it. And this is a someone who is in the military and dressed in military and is still treated with this kind of abuse because of what? Let's be let's be honest about it. The color of his skin. His skin period. Well, driving while black, as you mentioned, I mean it. It's a phrase that reverberates throughout African American and black communities. Um, it's that talk that we give our sons and daughters when driving, mm-hmm. especially if you're going out with your friends uh, on a you know at nighttime. It's that talk that we have with each other as colleagues, right? Um, <laughs> you know, there, there's a case of one of the, I think the second or third uh, person in charge in New York City, who's an African-American, and he was sitting in his truck, you know, and, and two beat cops mm-hmm. came up on him and drew down on him, talking about he's got a gun. And he rolled out a window and said, do you know who I am? But to them, they saw a black man, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And until they got to his car, he had, he had his service revolver, right? But, you know, it's... You know, this really, this topic really gets to me because this is something we do every day. We drive and we travel every single day. And we're enjoying the the road, the great outdoors in America. We're enjoying our time commuting right. and we're on a mission to get to work, do this and that. But that little piece in the back of our minds is don't get pulled over, right. right? Don't seem like, you know, don't make a false move or anything like that. Something that may be perceived as wrong. Right. And again, like you said, not that we're doing something wrong, but we know because of the type of cars we drive, 
because of where we may be at that time of night. Exactly. You know, our day that we are targets to be pulled over and harassed for nothing or what was what we deem. Oh, I thought you had a light out. Oh, I thought you had, you know, this or that. Because, again, you can get pulled over for anything. Right. But at that point where it's no it's not justifiable anymore, then they could run extra searches and things of that nature. Right. So with, 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 with Lieutenant Navarro, you know, that's the situation. And I want you to talk to the, to the black Afro-Latino and the white Latino aspect of this stop as well, Will, uh, with that being something that you know very well uh, growing up in New York and being a part of that community yourself. But that's, Will, that's a situation where it never should have happened. It never should have happened. The reason he was pulled over should not have happened because he had exactly what they thought he didn't have. He had a temporary license plate. Right. Many people have when you get new cars right. or when you get a vehicle that your tags haven't come in yet. It happens, right? So immediately he should have been let go. But then we see the videotape running and run, not the, well, the recording running, running, running. And the officer, according to the, the chief and the commander, he was right. They missed opportunities to de-escalate that situation and not make it what it came to be. And when he said, you you should be afraid to get out, I don't know about you, but I wasn't even there, Will. And I got nervous because I didn't know what I was going to see come on that tape next. Well, you you mentioned the aspect of, you know, Latino, Afro-Latino, white Latino, brown Latino. The bottom line is, I can tell you as a, as a Afro-Latino, my mother. Dominican Republic, my late mother, and having been raised in the culture and also in African-American culture, I can tell you that the black skin color matters. Black Lives Matters is a global movement because people who have our skin color, whether they're in South America, in Europe, North America, (laughs) anywhere, even in Africa, because in Africa you've got issues with folks lightening their skin because there are consequences, real social consequences, ability to have jobs, ability to be feel safe. They're Sammy, real Sammy Sosa did it. Sammy yeah, Sosa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Sammy Sosa, who fellow Dominican, right? Same, actually from the same town, San Pedro de Macaris, same town, right? Is my mother, right? <laughs> so there are real social consequences, right? to having dark skin that has been in play since you know 1600s and what colonialism has done to the world. So you you experience it as well in Latin America too. And we see it play out right here in America. And not and just Latin but also South America, which is a major oh, Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you, you know? so you see it you see it playing out and so in this case, we got Joe Gutierrez, right, who is the police officer who comes up on Nosario, right? And Gutierrez at the time doesn't know this is a fellow Latino, so he doesn't know whether he can go into the Spanish mode or whatever, you know, in the flow of, of being able to relate to him differently. All he knows, he sees a black skin. 
And it goes down like this oftentimes in New York. It goes right. down in and, and places where you have it. So this dynamic is very much at play. Right. And to tell you the truth, it also happens, again, there's a, there's a level of internalized racism that happens. Absolutely. Where, Absolutely. Again, even when you wear this black skin, you have a sense of uh, doubt, a sense of suspicion about the black skin. Again, that's why I mentioned even in Africa, you got people lightening their skin. So this is an issue that when you are driving while black, even when confronted with a, you know, whether you be Latino or not, or even when confronted with a fellow black officer, you could find yourself in a situation that leads to absolute life or death. So now here in this situation, he had a new vehicle. He had a temporary tag. Police couldn't see the tag. He was smart enough that when they wanted to pull him over to make sure he got to a well-lighted place, which is something that police will tell their family members, this is what you should do. Make sure you're in a well-lighted place when you stop. He put on his hazards to indicate, I'm not trying to run away. He didn't speed up. He didn't do anything to provoke them to feel like, you know. He slowed down. As a matter of fact, he slowed down. Yeah. So he's, he's signaling, hey, I'm not, I'm just trying to get to a safe place where I can stop. Mm-hmm. And then their whole vibe, their whole energy is not about de-escalation. It's all about escalation. It's all about you didn't comply to how dare you. Again, this is the kind of treatment that you can be subjected yeah. to when you're driving while black. You know, and that that stretch of interstate and highway, um, a lot of persons may not be familiar with it, but is between uh, Petersburg and Suffolk, which is Southampton uh, here in Virginia and what we call mid-Virginia, where Virginia State University is located. And a lot of people travel through that area. And there's a recent article in a local newspaper here out of Virginia Beach, mm-hmm. the Virginia pilot, where he used to work. Right. We're the first African-American uh, reporter there, beat reporter. And what 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 they showed was there were actually stories. that was a daily press when I was the first oh, columnist. Yeah, Virginia Pilot has a whole lot of black reporters. <laughs> okay, <laughs> and look, I I I, I got to give an apology to our colleague who uh, was at the Virginia Pilot as well before. <laughs> yes. you know so so but that that story that came out of there, Will talked about how current and former Virginia State University faculty, administrators, and students. Talk about stories how they've been stopped in that town, in that strip, right. numerous times, and how they believe that they've been targeted for harassment, for tickets, for minor violations, or non-violations, what I call non-violations, but pulled over out of suspicion, right. right? So you have that situation now where, like you said, it's a power thing. It's, it's also where those officers know, because it's a small group. It's seven officers in that town. You know, you, you pass through it and you're out. There's a highway that goes through it. You're into the next town. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of like that. It's kind of like that hazard area that you got to get through to get to safety. And over and over again, we see places like that across our country where police are harassing African-Americans, black and brown people over and over again. You know, and we talk about these traffic stops. You know, he did the right thing in pulling over into a well-lit area. Right. Because those highways are dark. Anything could happen there. Right. And, you know, you just don't know. You know, it, it, give, it reminds me of a story that we, we both have talked about privately. And, you know, we we're talking about it here of us being pulled over for traffic stops. 
I remember I was in college and it was myself and my best friend. And we, it was a, a colleague of ours. We were taking back. I was coming from military drill. Both mm-hmm. of us were, were, were military, just like, just like uh, Navarro. And we were coming back and I pulled into a gas station where we stopped uh, and get a, get, get these meat pies. Right. And uh, we were pulling out and I saw the sheriff looking and he looked over. Of course I was pulling out, did, doing nothing wrong. And then I, all of a sudden, I get on the interstate, and he stops and pulls me over. Another sheriff car pulls behind. Mm. I get out, and we talk to what's wrong. He's like, well, you got an inspired inspection sticker. I was like, really? He's like, you didn't know that? I said, no. I said, my father handles all of the maintenance on our cars wow. and so forth. So I didn't know. I, I truly didn't. But then he's like, oh, you got any guns in the car? You got any drugs? I said, why would I have that? Why would you ask me that? And the things of that nature. So it got to a point, and I've learned this. You know, you know, I, I pulled my Bible out. You know, and I started talking about Jesus, right? So when you start talking about Jesus, you're gonna do one or two things. You're gonna draw people or push them away. Nerves, right? Yeah, it could help or hurt. Go ahead. Exactly. So so then what ended up happening? I said, I said, why would you pull me over on this? And I said, What did you saw me at the gas station where it was lit? I said, We're on the side of a major interstate. Cars are flying by us right now. There's no lights. Right. Why would you do something so dangerous and irresponsible? Right. He had no he had no uh no, no answer. No, no response to that one. Huh? Who was all? He was also white Hispanic, hmm. and, and the black officer sheriff that showed up with him. I asked him. I said, "Why would you uh, have him pull me over here?" He didn't say anything. So all of a sudden, they got a little frustrated. I started talking about a little bit more about Jesus. So they said, "We're gonna let you go." So I had an expired inspection sticker, but they did the wrong thing and pulled me over. But guess what? I didn't even get a citation. No ticket. Right. Again, a minor non-offense that could have ended extreme, very bad. Right. Right. But because I knew how to deal with police, even at that young age, being young in college, uh, I, I knew how because we had had these conversations. We've seen these things before. But you could have someone that wasn't right. And that could have ended extremely bad for them. Well, this is why de-escalation is so important on the side of police. I mean, I had an experience and this is. I've had some college experiences, but I, but this one is a more recent experience I had as an adult, and it's in Virginia Beach when I was last living in Virginia Beach, and I was living in an area uh, of Virginia Beach that um, had had some recent uh, drug activity going on in the area and apartments over there in Virginia Beach, right? Because little do people know that drugs happen all over. Hampton Roads, all over New York City, all over Philadelphia. They don't just happen. All over Texas. <laughs> California. This is just happening in the quote unquote <laughs> bad neighborhoods. So I happen to be, this is early in the morning, and I happen to just be taking my daughter, bringing her back home from physical therapy. My th- daughter was ill. I'm under a lot of, this is a point in my life where there's a lot of stress going on. So I'm take, bringing her back home from physical therapy. So my mindset is in the midst of the stress that I'm dealing with. It's not like we just left breakfast and had a great time or left a movie or something. I'm in the heat of the stress that I'm dealing with. So I'm getting ready to pull into my apartment complex. There's a bus. Again, this is the morning. Kids getting on the bus. There's a bus that's away ahead of me coming in my direction and it stopped and it put out the, the stop signs and all of that. I'm turning into my apartment about a block 
before the bus. So I'm nowhere near where the kids are running onto the bus. and it, it, So I should be able to turn into my apartment. Well, the cop is just waiting out there. And I turn into my apartment. All of a sudden, I hear whoop, whoop, whoop coming behind me. The lights are on. It's all this drama. And what it's really about is I'm driving a nice car. You know, I look relatively young. Got a young lady in the car. And so we know what this is. So I'm still complying, giving him whatever he's asking for. And now, you know, he wants to escalate it, escalate it, escalate it to, to the point of getting me heightened so that he can what? Uh, get to the point use where force. He, he can use force or he can right. let me let me let me check your car. To make a long story short, I got highly upset again because of the stress. And actually, when my daughter got out, she got upset mm. and she got up, she passed out. Now I want to help my daughter. He still got me hemmed up over a ticket. It escalated to the point, Claville, where I was able to bring my daughter into to the apartment, right? He allowed me to go into the apartment, which on his part is a mistake. Because now he doesn't know what I'm coming out with, right? So now he's realizing his mistake. So now he's heightened. Guess what happens now? When I come back outside to deal with him with the ticket and this and that, the other, who does he have now? He's got backup. <laughs> and guess what his backup is? His backup is a white cop that has his hand on his gun. And the, the moral of this story, Claville, is that I'm dealing with this is a black cop that yeah. pulled me over. Make a long story short, I mean, we eventually went to court and all of this, and all of that was thrown out. And a good and one of the things that I learned is that I got upset because I knew exactly what this was about. And it was a stop that was totally unnecessary, totally one more. The judge totally threw it out. I got reprimanded for, you know, getting upset with the officer and the conflict and the confrontation that happened. But it just kind of shows you that. You don't know where a person may be in terms of what's going on with them when you're stopping them over these unnecessary stops. Yeah. I so, want to call, again, minor non-offenses. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why are we even? And that's what really got. So I'm in the heat of my stress. My daughter passes out. She, we all stressed out. We all met over a, 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 a non-existent offense. And this is what we keep seeing in a lot of these cases. Why should because you get you the officer thinks you don't have tags? Why don't you just capture the information? You know how many times, man, we've gotten uh, a ticket in the mail from a photo or whatever. As a police officer, why don't you just capture the information yeah. or something and just of the of the vehicle and and or whatever and just keep it moving? Yeah, why not are. just? Why are we stopping and and letting something very minor? Yeah turn into something that could be, you know, the end of a person's life is, is, is nonsensical. You know, I think that's a great idea because I think after hopefully we can navigate past and there are no more major instances like we've seen with George Floyd, Dante Wright, Toledo in Chicago, also now with Navarro. And hopefully we can navigate toward past this to a certain point when right. I passed it, I don't mean forget it. I'm saying navigate as a society, a community, and a nation for at least the next month. Hope 
How about not 30 days we get another Travis out of the end zone? Right, right. To, to, to where we can now start to say, okay, what is smart policy? Smart policy. Again, navigate toward a, a moratorium where we can say time out, okay? Police can come together. States can come together. The national government can come together. You know what? Time out. You know, I mean, because we know a lot of we know a lot of this is about revenue. You know, these stops tickets is about additional revenue. It's also the police officers have this incentive of a certain amount of tickets they're supposed to be writing and different things like that. It's not necessary. Police officers used to be out there on the beat, um, uh, engaging, amazed. They used to be out on the beat giving tickets for people parking tickets. Okay, they said police no longer need to do that. They, they changed the job. They got meter maids or whatever, or whatever they're calling them now to do that. They need to take another look at what are the types of things we really need police officers engaging. And let's get yeah. them engaged in the things that they're really equipped to deal with. Let's get them engaged in things that really are worth their time. Is it really worth the time and the risk that it could have put a, a police officer under to stop somebody for an expired tag. Come on. Is there another way with technology that we could get information on somebody with an expired? Well, well, look, look, Will Smith in enemy of the state, the movie, we had a satellite. They showed a satellite that can look down and take a picture of your license plate from space. So yes, we can't do something with technology. That's not it. And I think that's a great idea, uh, which I think we should, we should submit. Where hey, if there's a if you see a violation of a traffic violation, let's take a picture of that and send it. If you see it right there, right, we can actually trace that. You Good. can, and if there's and and again, you avoid these interactions that end up in in very harmful situations and even death. I mean, remember Sandra Bland, right? Uh, traffic violation. We have no idea what happened to her in, in that jail. We have no idea till still to this day. But the trauma, how the, the, the son was traumatized, seeing his mother being manhandled. You know, as a young man, you know, we're meant, we're taught to take care of the women in our lives, especially number one, your mother, right? <laughs> number one. Right. You know, then your sisters, and then, of course, your spouse, and then, then of course, after that, your, your daughters and nieces and all, all that, right? Imagine the trauma that young man went through. I've seen that videotape several times. And, you know, as as a boy, as, as a young man growing up, right now you're conflicted because you're saying, hey, I'm supposed to re- uh, respect authority. I'm supposed to protect my mother, but now I can't do either. So you failed and your mother ends up dead without knowing how. So imagine the trauma that's going through. I think about Philander Castile, his fiance, who remained, again, another minor traffic stop, right. ended up. And the officer hearing something that he did not, that he thought he heard, which we all clearly heard on the Facebook and the, the body camera, that he he did say, I have a gun. Right. And also, the officer did not say, I told you not to get it. He said, no, I have a permit. You know, here it is. I'll get it for you. And then all of a sudden, he shot multiple times yeah. with his daughter directly behind him on the driver's side in the back seat, minor daughter. You know, we're talking about a toddler and his fiance here on the uh, passenger side in the front seat who, bless her heart, she remains so calm in that situation. Yeah. Will, 
if you go back and I'll tell our, our audience to go back and take a look at that Facebook post, how at a certain point, Landon Castillo fiance, she's, she's talking, she's in the car. All of a sudden she stops talking and it hits her. Mm. And she just goes, I mean, she loses. It. Yeah. She, I mean, these are all things again, because of the, you know, having this, wearing this black skin. And I'm, I'm proud. The, and, no, I'm us proud wearing the black skin, black skin, us wearing the black skin and then wearing the badge. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, and I'm proud, you know, to wear this black skin and thankful to wear this black skin. But there is, you know, there's definitely an, an issue. And as we, you know, are forced to confront this situation. And I mean, and let's be honest about it, Clavel. I mean, again, you're an attorney, you know, when you go into these traffic courts, who do you see in these courts? What you see? Black, poor people. people. Yeah. And black people. Yeah. So this is about revenue. This is about revenue. That's what you see time and time again when you go in these courts. People just getting processed in and, and paying these fines and so forth. And you see the new court buildings being built and the, and the marble and the great oak wood and all of these things that somebody's got to pay for these things. Absolutely. And this is a lot of what it has to do with. And so you put police on the front lines of this economic system, you know, this economic injustice system, as I like to call it. And it's not fair. It's not serving the police well either. I mean, I've said on this show before, as part of being a, a columnist, being a reporter, it's a cover police. And I've grew up in an environment where police were the occupying force. Had definitely covered my perception of police, but as a journalist, covering police and being objective, I learned a lot about what it's like to be a police officer and some of these stops that they're forced to have to make and the incentives that they have that really put them in harm's way too. And then I've come in contact with the police officers who are Latino and black who, who intentionally got into the force with the intentions of making a difference as well as white officers who truly want to do the right thing and make a difference. And putting them in these situations does not serve them well either. That's right. So that's what I, that's what I say is there needs to be, a, as you said, a timeout, a reset of looking at what do we really need police spending their time and energy on in our community? Is it really Absolutely. these stops? Is this really stopping somebody who's bringing their daughter from physical therapy as both of them are under tremendous stress. Yeah. And I'm just trying to get back into my apartment. Nowhere near the bus that you're telling me that I'm in violation of. And now, you know, you know how serious a crime it is to not stop for a school bus. You know, you can lose your extremely license behind that. And these are all of the things that, that's raging in my head. And I know <laughs> it's going to cost me at least $500 just to show up in court with an attorney. It, that's, the, that's the starting point. Hey, but something as ridiculous as this. Look, you, you, you talk about traffic court. Now, let's look at technology and how we, uh, you know, this is an equal opportunity but still, there are some shenanigans with red, red, red light uh, traffic uh, tickets, cameras. USA Today did an article in 2013. USA Today 2013. It showed in fiscal year 2013, the state of Florida 
collected about 53% of their revenue from red light cameras <laughs> for a total of $52 million in revenue. That's right. Average ticket, $100. That's right. right. Think about that. So just take $100 and divide it by $52 million, or take $52 million divided by $100. Well, see exactly how these red lights. In Miami, 148 red lights, they collected into the city $6 million. Just in the city, right. right? So we know it's about revenue. We know it's, it's about, about but, but is it better? At least, you know, you don't have to pay. It's equal benefits. opportunity. You don't have to pay salary and benefits to a red light. There you go. It's you don't have to You don't have to put people's lives at risk, the officer or the driver or the passengers. Right. If you got a red light, that's that's generating this revenue for you. That's right. Listen, I, I think that if we look and say, hey, we're not, unless it is, uh, if it's a tag issue, we're not going to pull you up. We're going to take a picture, and you got you get a ticket that way. However, if it's a traffic violation where you're running a red light, or you're in an accident, you know, you, you that's that's a real traffic. It's a real danger. That's a real danger. But exactly. even look, but look at this for for uh, for this for for uh, Nazario. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Okay, I've had my vehicle where I haven't been able to get the inspection sticker for several months now. Yeah. And the police in Philadelphia is smart enough to be like, Wait, look, we're not stopping him for that. I have the inspection sticker now. Why would you stop? Hey, we're in the middle of a pandemic. If, if he's not showing, if you can't really see his license, maybe it has something to do with that. Do we really need to stop him over that? So these, these are, again, well, what happens is this machismo and this, bravado and this testosterone this power tripping gets to rolling in these officers and that just just runs away like a runaway train in these situations and they don't know how to de-escalate and that's a big piece that is needed de-escalation training and let's do a reset and get officers focused on the things we really need them focused on man and, and this is this, this case is an example that this is not something we need officers focused on Absolutely. And it is. I've been pronouncing his name incorrectly. It's Nazario. As you stated, I said Navarro, uh, but it's Lieutenant Nazario. Uh, I think it's very important to get names right. And when we're dealing with um, our cultures, we understand you talked about the culture of black and brown, uh, Afro and white Latinos uh, and Hispanics. That's very real. And when we talk about power, and using your power to escalate and de-escalate, that's very real. Uh, in both of our situations, personally, it could have ended badly. But thank God it did not. But for so many other people, Will, it has ended terribly. And Gutierrez was fired, as he should. He was fired. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, because no one should be afraid to get out of their car when the police ask them to get out. And they and they do comply and get out with their hands up. Um, so, so again, this is something we're going to talk about more and more, uh, driving while black, because it is an issue. And we're going to not just talk about issues, but talk about solutions. So, again, uh, thank you again for joining us for this episode of LaVisa and Claville. Uh, follow us on social media, on Facebook, like, share, and also comment. And we'll see you next time, because to us, that's the way it is.